This is Wessler Media. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on, and they're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the Word today and see what God will say specifically to you. You know, this week is an important week. We're celebrating Christmas. We're talking about Christmas time. We're talking about restoration. We're looking at the Word of God and how God wants to restore your life and mine. Today, we're going to take some time to look at forgiveness. And I know that's an important part of everyone's Christmas season because it always brings us back into contact with people that have been a part of our life for the longest time and closest to us. And and sometimes there's rubs there. There's 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 hurt and there's pain and we've got to forgive. So today on your next step, we're going to unpack and we're going to look at the power of forgiveness. And could we do that? Could you forgive somebody this Christmas? I hope you could, and I hope you will, because it'll transform your life, your relationship with God. You know, I always think of the the movie Home Alone and forgiveness and relationship. And I, I see that Macaulay Colgan, he's, he's there in the church and he's talking to the neighbor and the broken relationship. You and I could have the Christmas miracle. You know, this Christmas Eve, I, I, I look forward to it because I see so many families together. If you don't have a place to go, I invite you to come to the church next door on Friday at 5 p.m. Have, have a, a celebration with us here in Columbus, you know, light a candle, or, or maybe Saturday at 3.30 or 5 p.m. or 6.30. We have four Christmas celebrations on Friday and Saturday this week. Go to the church next door and learn more. But here at Your Next Step, we want you to know, have a Merry Christmas. Share the joy of Jesus. Extend some forgiveness. Extend life to those around you in Jesus' name. Hey, bless you. Let's keep studying the Word of God together. Do not be ashamed to worship God. Do not believe that it's of secondary importance. Do not believe that it's not significant. Do not believe that it doesn't matter. Well, we we realize that we have a generation that that, that will just stop there. See, serving God, worshiping God is important. It's vital. And these guys were not afraid. It put their life at risk. They went out of their way to worship Jesus. You say, well, why would they do that? I believe there's a connection to Daniel. So Daniel, you remember the story of Daniel? You may have learned it in Sunday school. If you did not, let me help you out really quickly, all right? Daniel is a young man. He's either a teen or a preteen, all right? So that gives you hope. If you're young, God uses teenagers, just saying. But it doesn't mean it'll be easy. Listen to what happened to him. So Daniel, he's he's growing up. He's born in Judea means that he's in this region of Jerusalem and Bethlehem. He's part of the princely class of people. So he's, he's a special person. And the king of, of Babylon sends his soldiers in to take over Jerusalem. They get carried away to Babylon, and he's a captive. He becomes a servant in another king's empire. He's a, he's a teenager. And, and he went from being a prince to be the servant 
of other princes. More than likely, he was made a eunuch, and they changed his name, we know for a fact. Now imagine that. They've taken away his potential of ever reproducing or having a family. Yet he becomes one of the most significant individuals in the Judeo-Christian history. Now think about this. He is visited twice by the archangel Gabriel. No one else has that category in all of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation. Mary gets visit, one visit from an archangel, and she carries the Messiah. Daniel, at this young age, he, he's, he's, he's cast into another culture. They try to strip him of his identity. They say, we want you to eat this food. We want you to drink our, our energy drinks and our power bars. And he says, wait, 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 just a second. If it'd be okay with you, my friends and I, we would like just to have fresh vegetables and water, please. We want to eat only what God has produced from his earth. And we worship him. This is part of our identity. Would you mind if we eat this? And they say to them, they say, Daniel, we'll, we'll try you out. And we'll see how this works for a short period of time. If you don't look healthy, if you don't look strong, if you can't pass our SAT, our ACT, our Myers-Briggs, you name it, then, then we're going to stop this and you have to eat what we have to say. Now think about this. They wanted to control even what they ate. Hmm. Is your world trying to influence you about what you eat and drink? Do you ask God, do you thank God for your food? Do you always bow before your meal and say, God, I wouldn't even have this table, let alone the food on top of it, if it were not for you? Now, why is this unique? Because Daniel is there. He could have abandoned God. No one would have known. Who would have known? He's no longer got mom and daddy watching him. See, are you a believer when mom and dad aren't around? Teenagers? Or is that just something you do when it's convenient and they're watching you? Who are you when no one else is looking? Daniel still trusted God. Daniel still said, God, I trust you. I believe in you. I'm going to rely on you. And somehow in the midst of all of this, it trusts me, I don't believe that somehow they had OSHA washing over him to make sure that the situations he was in was always healthy and good for him. He was a slave. He was a captive. But we find no bitterness in him, no anger in him. We just find wisdom. We find someone who trusts in God, who reads God's word. See, there is no scripture that says Daniel forgave his captors. But it does say that Daniel was highly esteemed by everyone. It does say that when they looked at Daniel, it was as though he, he talked to God, because he did. Daniel, did he long to go home to Jerusalem? Yes, he faced Jerusalem and prayed towards Jerusalem every day. He read the scriptures, he read Jeremiah. He said, God, I see it, 60 years and you're going to take us back to Jerusalem. Did he get to go? Nope, Ezra and Nehemiah got to go. See, Daniel is an example to you and I of what it truly means to be wise. Truly wise. And this is why. Daniel forgave those. Because he read the Psalms that says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. 
Wow. He sat at the top table with the kings and the princes of his age that ran the world the way we think we run our world. But yet he worshiped God. So somewhere in this, Daniel forgave his captors and trusted God to make up the difference in his life and that he had him there for a purpose. Daniel was a truly wise person. Be a Daniel or a Daniela, okay? Choose to forgive those that have harmed you and trust God to make up the difference. Listen to what it says about Daniel. This is in Daniel chapter 1. The king talked with them, and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah. So they entered the king's service, and in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the kings questioned them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians, that would be the magi, and the enchanters of his whole kingdom. See, in the kingdoms of, of Persia and Mede and uh, Chaldea, they had these gentlemen and probably ladies too. We don't know all the details to that. But they were spiritually intuitive and they guided their life by trying to believe there was a spiritual realm and there was a physical realm. Influencing and affecting the world in which we live and that we trust the authority, the creator over all the realms. You see, that's what Daniel got. And Daniel... He was the highest among all these people. He was ranked higher than the others. In Daniel chapter 5, there is a man, Daniel, in your kingdom, who has the spirit of the holy gods in him. In the time of your father, he was found to have insight and intelligence and wisdom like that of the gods. Your father, King Nebuchadnezzar, appointed him chief of the magi, enchanters, astrologers, and diviners. That's because he had such insight. See, Daniel was above all of these guys. Daniel had all this authority. We know that Daniel wrote things down. We have the book of Daniel. We also have the record that he wrote things down for the kings. He was keeping records. There were people that followed him. He wrote things in Babylon. He wrote things in Persia because he served two different kingdoms over time as the kings moved. He was a power, powerful player. And it was because he sought God for spiritual truth and followed God that he was set apart from all the others. If you want to be an exceptional person, read the Word of God. Study the world you're in and interpret the world according to God's standard. We have a lot of people that today want to reinterpret the Bible according to what their experience has been. And sometimes you're in my experiences, we misinterpret them. If Daniel had interpreted his experience from his childhood to his arrival in Babylon, according to the standard of this world, he would be angry, he would be bitter, he would be considered a victim, he would be considered someone who was downtrodden. He did not. He believed that God's hand was on his life. How can that be? Because he forgave and he trusted God to make up the difference. He understood abuse. Hello. They took away his manhood. Daniel is a testimony that you can be single for your entire life and serve God and add great value to the kingdom. Singles, way to go. Does that mean we're against marriage? No. Why does it have to be one is good and the other is bad? What is wrong with our world? 
Can we not accept the diversity, the creation as it is? See, Daniel was, was exceptional. Daniel is a biblical example of forgiveness. He forgave his captors and God blessed him. Daniel is an example of, of also understanding. He, he looked to the word of God. He also looked to spiritual matters and he sought God for the. He fasted and he prayed. We know that, that he allowed what went into his mouth to impact the way he lived for God at times. In his youth, he said, give us the vegetables and the water. Later in life, he fasted for 21 days, and that's when the angel showed up. See, you and I, there are physical things that have spiritual impact. So when these, when these magi roll in, why did they roll in? Because they understood that certain physical choices and decisions we make have spiritual impact that can affect us for all eternity. And they knew that if they were willing to make the effort, take the time. I mean, think about this. When they saw the star rising, they went and grabbed their treasure and said, let's get going. Their first response to what God was doing in the earth was, God, I want to be a part of it. And they gathered as much of their inheritance, as much of their treasure. And they said, God, what can I do? What can I do to be a part? And they worshiped him. That's an amazing, amazing testimony, is it not? Think about it. Every continent of the world today, you can go to every continent of the world today and you're going to hear the testimony of the Magi. Why? Because Daniel established something. Daniel established that there are individuals that seek God no matter what's happened to them. There are individuals that trust God and believe that God is the one that's in control, that God is moving. They made Jesus Lord of their life. In Matthew chapter 2, it says, When they came into the house and saw the young child with Mary, his mother, they fell to the ground at his feet and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chest full of gifts and presents, presented him with gold and frankincense and myrrh. There's, there's lots of discussion about, well, why the gold and the frankincense and the myrrh? Well, Gold certainly indicates something worthy of his divinity, that he's the son of God. I know you and I love gold because it represents wealth. It was probably very helpful for their escape to Egypt. It probably wasn't a bad thing to have, right? A little bit of resource. But you have to understand in God's economy that gold is, is nothing more than what they make the streets of. That's like asphalt, pavement, or concrete. But I imagine it. As Jesus grew up, he knew, God, you're going to take care of every need I have. The, the frankincense and the myrrh, the, these, are, these are spices that were used in, in, in preparing someone for burial, meaning one day he's going to have a special death. The other is, is part of worship and, 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 and the, the beautiful fragrance that up, goes up before God. Everything about Jesus' life was you were designed from beginning to end from your birth to your death, to restore the world to the order that it was intended. And these are reminders of that. And you can go to any continent of the world today, and people are considering the testimony of the history of the Magi today. You'll see every culture now has some story of it now. Why? 
Because there is a wisdom that can come from God and from following him. It's the power of Jesus when you make him Lord. When they first saw him, they bow down and worship. The reason we've come today is to worship him. The reason we sing is to worship him, to say, God, I I cannot fix my life. I need restoration. I come before you. I'm broken. As Jesus is on the cross, look what he says. Two other men, both criminals, were also let out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, there they crucified him along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. They divided up his clothes by casting lots. Listen, folks. He had nothing of value left. They have him next to nothing. And they take his clothes and they, they sell them at thrift store prices. And he says, forgive them. They don't understand. Listen, the world doesn't understand. They didn't have Daniel like wisdom. You do. You're here today to worship the king, to understand that that the cross is your restoration. If you'll bring your forgiveness, if someone has harmed you the way Daniel's been harmed, if someone has harmed you, abused you, taken advantage of you, if you'll come to the cross and say, God, they've sinned against me, but I place that sin on the cross and I ask you, God, to clean up the mess, to make up the difference. Listen, confessing that and asking God to do that, when you forgive that person, it doesn't end sin. Sin will continue to go on in this world until Christ Jesus returns the second time, and then he's going to judge everything, and then it's done. There will be no more sin, but there will be no more time to repent. And this season, the reason the world is shaken is so you and I can evaluate our lives and see what's truly important, and we can choose to forgive. We can choose to repent of hanging on to our bitterness, our anger, our rage. See, if we will forgive, what God does is that he comes in and he breaks the hold that that unforgiveness and that sin has on our life. And then we say, God, we're trusting you and your cross to make up the difference and that God, you'll take out of your wealth and your riches and you'll make up the difference in my life where these people have harmed me. That's what forgiveness is. That's what Jesus said. He said, God, don't hold it against them Place it on the cross with me today, and then maybe they can have a fresh start. That's Christmas. You get to have a fresh start, a new life. The question is, can I do it? I can't do this. I can't forgive them. You don't know what they did to me, Pastor. You don't know the abuse that I've suffered. Remember, remember Joseph? Another wise man in his generation. His, his brother sold him into slavery told his dad that that he was murdered by a lion. They had a whole cover-up scheme and everything. He gets sold into slavery, goes to Egypt. He's accused of rape, thrown into prison. Talk about a reason that had a, a guy that had a reason to be bitter. His brothers finally show up because they need food, and he's got all the food for the universe. He looks at him. He said, you meant it for evil but God meant it for good, it's okay. That's forgiveness. Be like Daniel. Be like Joseph. Be like Jesus. Forgive them. They know not what they do. That's the message of Christmas. Restoration can only come through that. Matthew chapter 18, Peter, 
one of the disciples, he comes to Jesus and he asks, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? We know his brother, one of his brothers was Andrew. Huh? wonder what Andrew did. Up to seven times? So, G- so Peter thinks he's being magnanimous. He says seven times. And then Jesus says, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. You could translate that seven times 70. There's two ways. That's even worse than 77 times, isn't it? What's Jesus saying? Jesus is saying, just keep forgiving. Just keep forgiving. You say, does that mean I I have to keep hanging out with that person that was so abusive to me? I didn't say that. Forgive them. Some people, if they have not repented, if they have not stopped the abusive behavior, it's wisdom on your part not to be within their influence over your life. Okay? You can forgive them, step away, and let God make up the difference in your life. I tell you that because sometimes we think we have to... There's a, there's a whole... Here's the principle from Jesus, Matthew 11. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. So Jesus says, whenever you're praying, whenever you open up your Bible, whenever you sit down and just have your time with me and you welcome my Holy Spirit to speak to you and you're looking to my word, you're functioning like a Daniel or a Daniela. You're looking at the world around you, trying to interpret how to live in this world from a scriptural point of view, a godly way of view, and somehow the Holy Spirit prompts you and they bring some person to your mind. And the first thought about that person is, oh my, oh me, something not good, forgive them. Because God is presenting them to you so that you can say, God, I forgive them. They know not what they do. And I'm trusting you to clean up the mess that they've made in my life so that I might move on and I might be healthy and that I might worship you in spirit and truth, that I might live under your grace every day. That's the restorative power of the cross in Jesus Christ. That's the point. You don't have to live with that anger. You can rise above it, not saying that, that it hasn't caused you anger, not saying it hasn't caused you pain. Daniel had pain. Daniel didn't get to spend any more dinners with his family. He was a captive in a foreign land. He never got to return home. But he trusted God to make up the difference. And he established a kingdom authority over his life. He believed that one day the Messiah would come. That's how these men knew that the Messiah would be coming. That's why they came and worshiped. It's why you and I worship. Forgiveness is not easy, but it trusts God for the freedom. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. I really need you to help me right now. Because the Bible says that if we agree, it's more powerful. And it impacts even the angelic hosts. So would you just just stop with me and agree in prayer right now what you're doing? Just listen intently 
and agree in your heart that God might move. Today, we want to take some time to pray for our prayer life to increase. Heavenly Father, we we come before you right now because we're like the disciples that sat with Jesus and they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And God, we want to learn how to pray. And, and, and we know the, the Lord's prayer. And, and so the, the prayer that we need has to come from you, Father. We're praying that you would begin to anoint us. Jesus, you said if we ask for a gift, that we would get it. That if we ask for the Holy Spirit, we would get the Holy Spirit. If we ask for an egg, we would get an egg. We wouldn't get a scorpion. And so we're asking you right now, Father, we're asking you to pour out your Holy Spirit on us and begin to give us a, a hunger and a thirst for prayer. God, begin to teach us how to pray. Lord, our world needs a church a people that is that is holy and pleasing to you that would pray for your kingdom to become and your your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven and and lord we need to be aware of the the sins and the temptations of this world and we're asking you right now to speak to us so that in prayer we might confess our sins and be set free so that in prayer we would have our daily bread so that in prayer our nation would change so that in prayer our families and our our workspaces and our schools and our lives would be transformed father when we see the world around us we see a world in need of you and We've been speechless, and we ask you to forgive us now. Begin to give us the words to pray over our families and over our nation and over our world. God, forgive us for our prayerlessness and begin now, Lord, to awaken us at night. We give you permission to awaken us at night to pray. Awaken us in the morning to pray. May we begin to pray more and more every day. May we become a people of prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I just love praying. You know, my life has been forever changed by prayer. Everyone who comes to know Christ's life is changed by prayer. And we want to help you grow in prayer. So we're inviting you today as one of our friends and part of this ministry to go to yournextstepnow.com and we will give you a free prayer guide. It's an ebook. All you have to do is give us your email address, your email address at yournextstepnow.com and you get our free prayer guide and you can join us every day. Be a part of the ministry. This has been Your Next Step, a ministry of the Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. We hope this has been an encouragement to you as you seek to have a deeper faith in Christ. If you'd like to hear today's show again or share it with a friend, look for Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. We'd love to see you soon at the church next door. Easily find our service times and our app. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson. Join us again next time for Your Next Step. I believe you're going to find people that have a genuine love for God and a genuine zeal for the truth. You don't have to dress super fancy. It's so lively and it's so much fun and just you leave like, oh, so refreshed. And I know I keep saying family, but that's what this place is for me. It's family. I'm Doyle Jackson, pastor of the church next door. People keep telling me how good it is to worship God together again. Well, Come join us. Visit us online at thechurchnextdoor.org. Stories are a way we relate to one another. It's hard to underestimate their importance. Wessler Media is here to help you preserve those stories that you hold dear. We'll produce a personal podcast, an audio scrapbook that will preserve those memories for generations to come. 
Get in touch today. Call toll-free or text 1-833-38-STORY, 1-833-38-STORY, or visit wesslermedia.com. That's W-E-S-S-L-E-R media.com. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit wesslermedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast, from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's wesslermedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-Media.com.